Larry Richard, unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, and we have a very impressive lineup again this week. I want to thank Jordan Rooney last week, who's this brand guru, amazing Pittsburgh guy. Incredible what he's done with social media and with these young athletes. And then we found out in the midst of doing podcast episode 21 was that we had an influencer among us, and that's Jim Crenn. Jim, you asked Jordan Rooney... What's it take to be an influencer? He said at least 10,000. You doubled that, so you're a double influencer. I think he was just doing it to build up my self-esteem. I don't think it's real. He just wanted me to feel good, I think. <laughs> but I loved it when you asked him for his card and he looked at you. He's 32 years old. And he goes, ah, we don't really do that anymore. He's like, <laughs> He's like that. that is so 2020. So the cool part about Jim with us today is we're 23rd in Vine on East Carson Street, Pittsburgh's Bourbon Street here, down by the Birmingham Bridge. I want to thank Bob Bazzelli and his partner, Lou Caputo, being gracious for us to do the episode 22 here again. And Jim is attending a comedy festival on the left coast, and he's hanging out with Pittsburgher. You got someone. I'll let you introduce who you're with because you're bivouacking at his house. I'd say we're the palatial estate of a Pittsburgher who moved to Los Angeles uh, many years ago, uh, over two decades or so ago, and he is the king here in Los Angeles, and he's nice enough. That every few months I come out here, and I bother him, and I, I stay. I'm like your pool boy. I'm the pool boy. And every three months I clean his pool for him, and uh, he lets me <laughs> We do stand-up together. Do We tour together, and now we're off to uh, San Luis Obispo for the San Luis Obispo yeah. Comedy Festival, which is the top 40 comedians in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And I am I'm from I'm from L.A., uh, which is uh, Lawrence, Lawrenceville area. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me West Coast. Here's, here's Mark Eddy. Hey, Mark. Mark Eddy here. How are you, everybody? Hi, Mark. The studio audience out there. We are here at the... Uh, at my humble abode here, We've got a nice little little house out here uh, in the suburbs, kind Santa, of Santa Clarita. Yeah, Santa Clarita, Santa Clarita diet. If if you've seen the uh, the uh, big uh, Netflix <laughs> special, that's right, that's right. <laughs> anyway, right here in Santa Clarita, beautiful town. Jim and I had a wonderful spa day yesterday, <laughs> getting ready for the comedy festival, uh, the Central Coast area, San Luis Obispo. I'm trying to picture the two of you at a spa yesterday. What, right, so you, what services Mark did you get? I'm just curious. Really give me the Cali thing. You'd love it, Sheila. And uh, which is, he, I, he looks at me and he says, uh, "We're going to sh- on the road tomorrow. We have to go get a, a mani pedi." <laughs> you know, guys now, in Pittsburgh don't know what a mani pedi is. I have not heard my friend Bob Azelli say these words. I've not heard Larry <laughs> say it. I've never heard him say, "You got to get a mani pedi." So I didn't know what that was. It's very metro. It's very metro. Very metro. So next thing you know, we were there, and he, uh, we got the, the man. I, I got to tell you, my toenails look fantastic. That's terrifying, actually, Jim, because as you know, we'll never see them here except for one month in the summer, potentially. But, Mark, how long <laughs> have you been? Greater, listen, we, we did something called cryotherapy. Oh, yeah, men cryotherapy. Yeah, right here in Valencia. 
and and, and you you freeze. They freeze you. And, and I don't know what it does to me, but I was in pain. Now you sit there for three hours or three minutes. I'm sorry, for three minutes. And I was going to quit. And I, and I go, I quit. And then this little, this beautiful little girl, she looks at me and she goes, I I made it through. And I'm like, oh my god. I'll never be able to show my face in here again. Mark will make fun of me if so I did it. I somehow made it through. It is nice. It is nice. You know, I'm you could just stay here and do the poll. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, and I, I know that, Mark, how long have you been out living in California? Again, Mark's a Pittsburgher. If you haven't followed his career, he's amazing talent, and he uses music as part of his act. It's pretty awesome. Oh, yes. how, how long have you been oh, there, yes. Mark? Started out right there in Pittsburgh, originally from Steubenville, Ohio. All my all my peeps over in the Ville, Steubenville. Um, but yeah, man, been out here for 21, 22 plus years, uh, long time. But uh, just love it here, just really do. But I love I love Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm getting a place back there. I, I'm gonna get something I think up around Beaver, maybe. I don't know. I love I love the Berg. I love coming back. And all my friends are there, everybody. So Life in California is so worlds. different. When I've been out there, I would take notice of things they have or do that we don't. And one of those was in Burbank. I was working on a movie, and I drove up the street, and I saw there was in a plaza a colon blow center. Oh, uh, No, what, I'm not uh, kidding. You could get a coffee uh, enema uh, in California. Am I lying, Mark? No, it's real. It's real. That's, that is a, that's a real kind of a TMI Burbank moment, attraction. Larry. Thank God you didn't take me there. I didn't say I went. No, I'm just saying. Mark will tell you. I could have my whole day without hearing that. <laughs> I, draw, I draw the line at Manny Petty. I, Manny Petty. And cryotherapy. I made the mistake of asking my radio partner, Kevin Battle, who used to be intern with Jim. That's how small this city is. And I made the mistake. We had a commercial on the air, and I know everybody's heard these where they talk about now the commercials are one of two things, ED commercials or some type of colon digestive issues, and they mentioned the word stool. And I just, all I said to Kevin was, I wonder where that word came from to describe that. Well, he looked it up. Apparently in the 1500s, royalty used to sit on what they would call a stool which was basically a box with a hole cut out. And there, no, wait, it gets better. So there was a guy assigned to be the stool groom, and he would pull the drawer out afterwards, presumably, and then he would have to dump it. So that's where all that, that that's the genesis. Why are we talking about well, thank, this? Well, you know what? Conversations going down. Thank God I didn't live in the 1500s. That would be my job. Can you see that? Jim Crenn, stand-up radio legend, producer, writer, singer, and stool groom. I would be the best. Try try to be the best stool groom I could be. You look like the stool boy. I'd be the stool groom. That's pretty. That's an interesting story. It's actually true. So if next time you hear one of those spots, well. Forget about all that. We are with us in attendance, former anchor man, Paul Martino from KDK TV. It's and been a very educational morning so see, far. See, you already learned yeah. something. <laughs> and then stick with us, Paul. We're also with Hal Klein, who's the food editor of Pittsburgh Magazine. Nobody knows the culinary arts here in Pittsburgh more than Hal. Hal, how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for about 10 years now. 
Um, I started writing about drinking in Pittsburgh. Oh, good. Here in a wonderful place to drink, which is very exciting. So my first job was for Pittsburgh City Paper, writing about booze, which was fun, and then moved over to Pittsburgh Magazine. I've been restaurant critic for a little more than six years now. And just eating around town, you know, the, the other side of the equation of what we were talking about just yeah, the now. Other side of the equation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this All is right, where yes. it begins. That's, a, yeah. that's a good point. Let's start on that end. So for Mark Eddy, he comes back frequently. And even for Jim and I, we're natives and are still here. There's been so many changes in the whole restaurant industry, particularly in the last 10 years, maybe more so in the last decade than ever before in this town. Yeah, it's wild, you know. So I moved here um, in 2010 from California, actually. What? Yeah, yeah. Really? What part? Uh, yeah. I was in the Bay Area, but I was I grew up in the Bay Area, but was living in Los Angeles. Can I ask How you? Did a... you end up here? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I knew that was going to be your question. What the I, hell? I moved here to get a master's degree in food studies. I was acting in Los Angeles, doing film you're, stuff like that. Oh, you were you were an past actor life. Too. Working as an actor, I worked in New York. I did Shakespeare for a long time. How about that? Uh, and then in 2008, with the economy and everything that collapsed, I realized that you know I just wanted to do something different with my life. Was more and more into food. Found out about this kind of esoteric master's degree called food studies. And Chatham University, the first year of the program was 2010. I was like, I'm just going to come to Pittsburgh for two years and get a master's degree and move back to California. And here I am in 2022. And I can't see myself living anywhere else. That's insane. You know, it's interesting, too, That's to point to out that, yes, people come to Pittsburgh. They think they'll stay a few years, which I did as well. I thought I'd stay mm. here three years and move on. And it gets in your blood, and you just can't you can't leave. And you're from the Chicago I'm area, Paul. I'm from Chicago. Uh, I, I always wanted to get back to Chicago, but I could never leave here. I started, you know, had my kids and uh, great friends. And a gr I worked at a great station, KDK TV. I love it here. I'll never yeah, leave. And Mark, where'd you go to high school? Went to uh, Steubenville Catholic Central High School. Wow. Uh, Catholic boy and a fellow uh, a fellow altar boy with Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, that's terrifying that you both were altar boys and now you're in California hanging out getting Manny Petty's doing stand up. <laughs> There's a whole lot there well, in what you were just saying. Can you can you guys can you guys hang with us for a little while here? Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll just we'll just pause for just a second. Larry Richard unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Hyland, Paul Martino, Hal Klein, Al Martino. No, Al's not here. He's Al Mark passed Eddie, away. Yeah. Uh, from Twenty Third and Vine on the South Side, Episode Twenty Two. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Hyland. We're at 23rd and Vine on East Carson Street in the south side near the Birmingham Bridge. And we are with our buddy Jim Crenn, who is in California with Pittsburgh area guy because he's really, you know, from across the border. But we consider him our own. If you're successful, you're our guy. If you're not, you're there. So Mark Eddy, and they're hanging out at Mark's house. we got Paul Martino, former KDK TV anchorman, Hal Klein, former actor. And I, I want to know, Hal, how you got into a job where you wrote about drinking. It was like stupid good luck. I, um, as part of the food studies program, I took a food writing class, was trying to figure out 
what I wanted to do after the program, I knew it was going to be some kind of storytelling or some kind of getting people to kind of think about the food that they're eating and where they're eating from. Took this class a couple, like two weeks after the class, I was actually in Los Angeles visiting some friends and the professor of the class, Sherry Flick, who's an amazing Pittsburgh writer, um, writes about gardening for the Post-Gazette too, emailed three of us and said, hey, this job at Pittsburgh City Paper, their, their drinks columnist just quit abruptly. If any of you want to do this, I'll put in a good word. And I was like, oh, yeah, get paid to write about drinking? That sounds like fun. Um, so told my friends, I was like, hey, ironically, we we're going to a bar. And I was like, hey, <laughs> hang on, let me just send this pitch in real quick. And then one thing led to another. And, you know, Pittsburgh, one of the great things about Pittsburgh is it's one of those cities where everyone is one step away from each other. So, you know, the, my, the editor there knew who I was. And then by the time, I went to a party and the new editor from Pittsburgh Magazine at the time was at that party. I was like, hey, I'd love to write for you. And she's like, cool, I'm familiar with your work because um, I'd written a bit for the Post-Gazette at that point. And so everything just sort of leads to another. And if you're open-minded, if you're out, if you're doing things, and if you have you know, a modicum of talent, you can succeed here, which and is great. This, this is why we don't another. leave, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But how do, you, how do you go from acting to writing about food? How did that come about? It's all storytelling, right? So it's just storytelling in a different way. Um, acting, you're using someone else's words usually when you're doing the storytelling. And food, you're looking at, but you're still looking at the lens and you're saying, so I just wrote a story, well, it was about a year ago, on pizza and the pizza of the region, thinking about Steubenville right now, where really pizza in this region got started um, at DiCarlo's. And so it starts from there. And then what is the story? How are you going to tell it? Who, what is it going to mean to the people who read it? And everything just kind of works from there. And if you're, if you're learning, if you're open, if you're listening, you're going to get to what you're doing. And it's exciting. I get to also you know, go to restaurants and be opinionated, which is fun. Well, I heard that Pittsburgh per capita is one of the largest consumers of pizza in the country. We love pizza here. We love pizza. Mark, Eddie, do you have a favorite pizza shop in the Berg when you come back? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, gosh, the, the Pittsburgh pizza, you just can't duplicate that out here. You know, and over in Steubenville, we have this DiCarlo's pizza. It's all around the Ohio Valley and, and stuff like that. But I, I used to work at a little pizza shop when I was in high school. <laughs> I always take you to Minio's when you come in. Yeah, Minio's is still, oh, that's probably my favorite yeah, right there. Killer. I'd have to, I have to rate that number one. Yep, absolutely. You know, you know it's funny that the cuisine here is so different. It's healthy. Everything's healthy. And we were eating uh, a dinner yesterday, and they, like, uh, applaud you whenever you order something healthy. They go to organic chicken, and the waiter's like, good choice. He said, listen, they, they describe the food to you guys. They're like, uh, this chicken has no hormones, no antibiotics, had the flu, took two Tylenol, went to bed. He's a little hero you're eating. They think they're really... <laughs> That's very funny. Paul, do you have a favorite the pizza? Santa Clarita diet. I'm a Minio's guy. I love Minio's. Minio's is good. You know what I discovered is crust pizza in the South Hills. You can take it home and bake it yourself. And so, I mean, it's as fresh as it gets. I'm in love with that place now. Yeah, there is a difference if you're going to eat in or if you're taken out. Some of the food doesn't travel as well as others. It does make a difference. Yeah, certain things don't travel well. Pizza is nice because pizza typically, it depends on the style of pizza, but that travels well. And, you know, I also enjoy getting that pizza straight out of the oven, but then also leaving it, sitting in a box, and, you know, maybe 11 o'clock at night, coming back for a, for a second <laughs> round or something like that. Well, do you microwave but, your pizza? No, 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 no. That's, a, I, that's actually that's a sin. sin. Oh. Is yes, that a sin? Let's, oh. let's ask, the, going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> ask the altar boys. They'll tell you, right? 
<laughs> Mark, Jimmy, that's a sin to microwave pizza. I like cold pizza. I could go cold pizza. I could go cold. It's out of the fridge. Mm -hmm. All day long. It's a good breakfast. Breakfast in chamber. It's all right, yeah, but I'm sorry. It's, it's better hot. Yeah. Even even when it's on the second and third. I day. give it a 20-second blast. 20 well, second so, blast so good. you do good. Yes. I, I am a sinner. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. A little, a little, a little hotter. A little crunch. I mean, if it's if it's hot, it's got a crunch. Can't nuke it. It's all floppy. Yeah, microwave is not good. <laughs> Paul and I disagree there, with you. There's an art to it. Are they are microwaves legal in California? <laughs> What's that? Are microwaves legal in California? <laughs> Uh, oh, no, they outlawed those about a decade ago. <laughs> I have an underground microwave I, I brought Mark. Yeah, no one knows about it. Underground microwave. <laughs> brought it from Pittsburgh. You got to hide it. You got yeah. a secret compartment for your microwave in your house. Exactly. They'll check. I, I got to ask you, Jim, are you, do you get, you still get nervous before you perform, like going out to L.A.? Because, you know, when you're here, everybody knows you, you're home. Out there, you know, it's kind of, reinventing the wheel all over again i absolutely do get nervous Larry, because i have to uh restructure my act completely to have it on a national level you know i i am i could take a nap on stage and piss it's like home it's like family the audience is like family out there <laughs> they are it's just like you know i've known them forever and they've known them for 20 30 years almost uh talking to the audience out there that we're talking to and so yeah so it's comfortable in pittsburgh but it is definitely a bit nerve-wracking. After the first show, I'm good. Now, this festival's will be one show a night. So I, after I get the show out tonight, I'll be okay. Well, I want to ask you, Jim, can you talk Can you talk about Pittsburgh and Pittsburghese when you're with a, a, a national audience, when you're out in L.A.? I do. You know what, Sheila? This is funny. When I come out here, Mark uh, puts together, when it's not a festival, puts together a bunch of shows. And the funny thing is, at the end of the set, like I'll do a, a set, Mark will do a set, and this guy Greg Hahn will do a set. It's very funny to me. But anyway, when the show's kind of over, Mark will bring me back on stage to talk about Pittsburgh. And I will talk about it. And I, and I talk about it, and everyone, everyone relates. Because, you know, Pittsburgh is we're just right there to connect with us. It's, you know, the, yeah. my mom's my mom. Everyone is a mom. When I do a bit, so my bit, in other words. So the bits kind of connect when you explain the city a little bit to everyone so we have Steeler, we have pittsburgh Steeler fans out here that have never been to pittsburgh it's crazy it's we awesome. have a black and gold club nearby uh, here it's a it's a, a certified you know black and gold part of the Steeler nation they get together about nine o'clock in the morning watch the Steeler games never been and literally half the people in there and it's packed hmm. all have Steeler jerseys on half of them have never been to pittsburgh what do you suppose, why is that? Why have the Steelers resonated with so many people in so many places? There are probably more Steeler bars. And Jimmy and I with Donnie Iris went to the Steeler bar in Rome. So they're all, all over the world. Yeah, I, I think it's because what, what, what the Steelers stand for, you know, quality, you know, honor. And I think people relate to it. And we've had a lot of international, uh, you know, for the Super Bowls. We've been in enough Super Bowls to get out there. So any, any team that's been in Super Bowls like that pick up fans outside the city. And that's pretty cool that people have never been to Pittsburgh. They're fans of, of, of our of our city. I've talked to some people who just can't wait to come to Pittsburgh. Can't wait to see it. Right. Really. And, and i got to say, Pittsburgh, I'm proud of Pittsburgh. It's, it's amazing what the city has done and where we come. We have a little Italian restaurant right here in Santa Clarita. 
It's called uh, Maria's Deli, okay? And they have on their board, when you walk in, the center of the board says the Pittsburgh Special. <laughs> and it's essentially a permani sandwich. <laughs> they, they put the coleslaw and the, and the french fries on it, and they call it the Pittsburgh Special. Get it Pittsburgh style, is what they say. So that's Pittsburgh. It's right here. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. You know what? We better tell the Permanis people they're going to come out there. Yeah, I, I'm, I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> Break some on. Is, get the lawyer on the phone. Uh, Somebody. Uh, shops out here too, brother. Yeah, well, they, it is exciting. I'm excited for you, Jim, because I've seen and been with you many times for your act. That must be pretty cool because one of the most terrifying things to do is to get up in front of an audience, and your job is to make them laugh, and it's pretty clear how it's going you don't have to ask anybody right the feedback is there but that's part of the thrill too when it's going well i've seen you kill so many times jim and mark mark when you were at steamworks with jimmy uh boy that was a few months ago it was a blast and people were so ready for entertainment so i give you guys a lot of credit man especially making a living doing that you know larry i'm lucky with mark uh He's really helped me with, uh, uh, you know, transferring my act a little bit to the national scale. And I've had some success thank, thanks to Mark. So it's kind of cool whenever we get good shows here, you know. For me. Jim's, Jim's being really humble. You know, all of your, a lot of your premises, everything, you, you kind of, you know, you go into your, your mode in Pittsburgh. But you, you, that translates to a national audience, really. There's nothing about the stories that you tell and the things that you do, other than some of the local references, uh, that don't translate to a national audience international even we did the cabo comedy festival a few years ago and jim killed every show they just love the voices they love the characters they love that uh, that little pittsburgh twang that he that he kind of puts <laughs> on right yeah you do and, and, you know and, and and it's it's really universal and jim kills and he's being humble right now but he really does he <laughs> lights up lights up the crowds here and lights up the audience and and just we all have a blast and we're all better you know just just laughing and feeling good well, we appreciate you guys taking time from your busy schedule, and I know you got to get to your uh, next service appointment before the big shows tonight. Uh, Mark Eddy, when you come back to town, let us know. We'd love to have you on again. And Jimmy, we'll check in with you. Safe travels, man. And what do you say to a comedian before your first show? Break a lip? Break a lip. It's good. I'm going to bring him some yinzer out here. Hey, Mark, what's the best way for people to connect to your comedy? Uh, just to have a love for music. Because I, I incorporate rock and roll and music and uh, impressions and stories and lots lots of good times. Yeah, and the website, markgetty.com. You can check me out there, too. All right, Mr. Jim Cren, Mark Eddy, thank you guys. Let's hear it for the boys. Be careful Thanks, with those Thanks, nails. Jim. Yes, enjoy your Manny Petties. <laughs> All right, Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland, and uh, we got more on episode 22 from 23rd in Vine. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren and Sheila Highland. We're at 23rd in Vine on East Carson Street. Episode 22, we're also with Former anchor man Paul Martino. He's not just Good a man. Morning. He's an anchor man. And Isn't Hal that Klein. Voice? 
Both of you. I'm in between two. Well, you're an anchor woman. Voices. You're I mean, a pro too. What are you talking about? And uh, we're excited. Like Learned a lot about Hal Good Klein, thing. who's the food editor of <laughs> Pittsburgh Magazine. And the best part is that you came here from the West Coast, the Bay Area, and ended up staying in Pittsburgh. Is it true that Pittsburghers want to know what you think of us <laughs> and why you stayed? I mean, I think the great thing about Pittsburgh is no one actually cares what people think of people in Pittsburgh outside of Pittsburgh. I think that's what makes Pittsburgh so special, right? Is people are just like, we're just going to do what we want here. Um, and there isn't a like, oh, you know, we need this validation or whatever. Like Pittsburgh's just a great place on its own. Um, and I stayed because of a bunch of different things. I think the community here is amazing. I think the fact that you just run into people, it's got this real feel of a city that is connected in a way a city is supposed to be. And then for my job, I mean, it was like, you know, it's been such an exciting decade in food in Pittsburgh. And so there's always something new to see. There's always something new to taste. There's always someone doing something. Um, because one, people are able to afford to kind of get in the game here. And two, people are, are supporting what's going on, which is cool. Were you surprised at the way Pittsburgh has really taken off as, as far as a foodie city goes? I mean, we're what number one or number two in the country now according to zagat <laughs> right i mean i think you know i think when you look around the country it happened at the same time that's happening in a lot of other places which is like people are into regional stuff right now right so it used to be oh you've got to go to new york to do this or you've got to go to chicago to do this and now people you know what happened in pittsburgh is what happened in places like milwaukee and places you know other places like that where people maybe were in new york or maybe in san francisco and said i want to come home and i want to do this here and so you have people that are bringing in ideas. And then, of course, with social media and a little bit more travel, people are seeing what's going on. And so we're having all this stuff, but it's rooted in where we're from. And so, you know, like the James Beard nominations just came out yesterday for the semifinalist list. And Apteca, which is a Pittsburgh restaurant that's a vegan restaurant, but is so rooted in both like our Eastern European foodways and in like our farms right now, you know, they were nominated for semi-finalists for Best Chef Mid-Atlantic. 40 North, which is another restaurant like that, again, rooted in the same thing, Western Pennsylvania foodways and Eastern European immigrant culture. And then Weiju from Chengdu Gourmet, when you're looking at Squirrel Hill and you see all the regional Chinese restaurants, which I think is the most, I think that's the thing that surprises well, people outside of Well, they have a growing Asian population in Squirrel Hill. Yeah, and you know, the universities and the partnerships with that, you know, and plus people in Pittsburgh saying like, hey, you know, like, yeah, I want my halushki, I want my pierogies, but I also want to try some mapo tofu and cumin lamb. And I think people here are interested in what's happening. And so you're seeing all these things. And like that representation in something like the James Beard Awards, I think, is something that's really exciting. And maybe 10 years ago, you wouldn't have expected. For those that don't know, how prestigious are the James Beard? Who was James Beard? It's huge. So James Beard was a writer, a gastronome, a cooking teacher, one of the first TV chefs. Um, and Wasn't he from Portland, Oregon? I think originally, yeah. And then yeah, he lived so. in New York. Yeah. And, you, you know, know, there was the James well, Beard yeah, House in New York. Know, yeah, <laughs> Best friends. <laughs> but being from Portland, yeah. I, I did know that, yeah. And so, yeah, so it's, you know, and again, like these, you know, different influences from different places. And over the last, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, the James Beard Awards have become such a huge thing. Um, you know, it's, it's not an exact equivalent, but people are like, oh, it's like the Academy Awards of food or whatever. And so to have that represented, if you would say, you know, if you would ask me 10 years ago, would a vegan restaurant and a Sichuan Chinese restaurant be part of Pittsburgh's representation in these awards? I think you, you know, you would have been hard pressed to, to have said, yeah, sure, that's what's going to happen. I was surprised being in Squirrel Hill just a few weeks ago. I noticed the number of 
pan-Asian Asian restaurants there. I was at Pigeon Bagels trying to get fresh. Those are good bagels. That's <laughs> good. Real. There was yeah. a long line, yeah, too. Yeah, line around the block. Paul, you were going to say? Well, yeah. I wonder, Hal, is the restaurant industry recovering? Because, like, what, 30% of the restaurants closed for good during the pandemic? We lost iconic restaurants like the Carlton, mm -hmm. for example. What's happening now? Slowly, you know, it's, I, I wrote a piece uh, like two months ago about the outlook and it was so bleak because it was right when Omicron was really surging and restaurants were having to close for Christmas. A lot of bars and other establishments had to close for New Year's Eve um, because people were sick or they didn't want people to get sick by going there. And so it was a really bleak time. And I think what we're seeing over the last, just the last couple of weeks, you know, maybe with a little bit of a turn in the weather with a bit of, with, you know, with the, with the coronavirus kind of, going away a little bit now is people are being a little bit more optimistic and you're starting to see things opening again. So Meat and Potatoes, which was one of the first big downtown openings, I think in 2011 of this modern era, they just reopened this week. Um, Altavia Pizzeria from the Big Burrito Group, they're starting to pop up over in Bakery Square this week. So you're starting to see things come back and you're starting to see people get excited to go out again, which is really important. Yeah, but no. when they oh. go out now though, they're going to see rising food costs. Uh, I mean, it's it's tough when you go out there to a restaurant and you look at the prices on the menu and you go, I, you know, how often can I afford to go out and eat? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the next challenge, right, is how are restaurants going to deal with this? Because I think people don't realize that restaurants are really low margin business to begin with. So sometimes people see like, oh, there's a, a, a $60 steak on the menu or a $25 plate of pasta and like $25 plate of pasta, they're robbing me. But like the restaurants making, you know, maybe a buck or two. That's it. Off of that bowl of pasta, when you factor in all the costs, so you're factoring in the cost of food, the cost of labor, the cost of who's doing the dishes, the cost of who's cleaning the restaurant at night, the cost of rent. It's, it's the alcohol where they right. make their money. Yeah, right. and so you know, places with liquor licenses, I think, are going to do a little bit better right now, and you're going to see that. But I think, you know, I think we're also seeing a shift from oh, we're going out, you know, every. Tuesday night to a fine dining restaurant to maybe Tuesday night we're going to go out to a more casual restaurant and we're going to save going to uh, a fancier restaurant such as like Spork or Eleven for a special occasion. Mm -hmm. And one of the legacies of the pandemic was so many restaurants needed outdoor dining to survive that one stretch and now they just made it permanent in the city for those restaurants to continue to have outdoor dining which they, what do you call that, alfresca? In, in every city, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice. You know, I mean, obviously, like, in Pittsburgh, we're not a, a hub of, of great outdoor dining, but we appreciate it when we can do it. Um, and I think it's a, it's, a good, it's a good sign that the city is saying we're going to support the restaurants, and this is another opportunity to support restaurants. And, you know, it's, and it's lovely on a, on a beautiful summer night, right, to be able to sit outside. We should have more of that. A lot of these restaurants are still having trouble uh, filling their staffs, right? There's still a yeah. labor shortage. Yeah, there's still a shortage. And they have to pay shortage. them more to get them. You got to pay more. And, and that's, you know, I think what happened was a lot of people said, you know, why am I working in this kitchen? Because also, you know, when you look back at the peak of the virus, line cooks were one of the most affected professions that there were. So line cooks got coronavirus at a higher rate than almost anyone else. And I think a lot of people said, man, I'm earning... 11 10 bucks an hour i'm working 80 hours a week and now i'm getting exposed to this like forget it i'm gonna go work in construction or do something else and so there's a lot of staff rebuilding and then what happened with front of house staff was they were starting to get people in and starting to train them and then there was this like weird period where 
people were excited to go out, but restaurants were short-staffed, so then the people that were going out were getting frustrated, and most people dealt with it like adults, but a lot of people dealt with it like children, and started yelling at the staff and berating the staff in a way that was inappropriate, and when you have someone whose third shift it is, they were just like, forget this, I'm not coming back. So I think we're starting again to see things build up. We're starting to see that excitement. We're starting to see people in kitchens get excited about making recipes again. You know, it's not, you know, there was a period where it was just like, we're just keeping afloat and we're doing this. And now I think people are like, we're excited to have people back. We want people in. We want to show off what we can do. Well, what are some of the new restaurants? I noticed uh, I was at the Journey Toto concert at PPG Paints, but went downtown. First of all, full house. Toto came out. Steve Lukather, who's their famous founder guitar player, came out after a couple songs, looked at the crowd, which was packed. No masks. It was the first real feel that I saw of entertainment. But that means a lot of people were downtown having dinner at restaurants, which we haven't had in the city for so long. But he came out and he said, this is our first live performance in 2.4 years. And we are so happy it's here in Pittsburgh. Of course, the crowd went wild. But all those people spilled out either before or after the show to the restaurants and bars, which, I mean, up until that point, it's been a long road. Yeah, downtown especially was, you know, really hard hit by this. The combination of the loss of people during the day going to offices and at night going to entertainment downtown. And so now things are really starting to pick up. So I said, meat and potatoes back open again. Uh, that's the Richard DeChance Restaurant Group, which also opened G-Gin, which is a raw fish gin sake experience this year, which is terrific. Where is that? Uh, it's right next to Taco and Butcher in the Rye, right across the street. I think it's across from the Benedum. Yeah. Um, and then Gaucho, which was in the Strip for a long time. They moved into the old Sixpence space downtown about a year ago, or maybe ah. a year and a half ago. And so they're starting to get full up. And so, you know, you're starting to see a lot of stuff. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Alta Via. They're opening now in station or Market Square, not Station Square. Yeah, and that's, you know, yeah. that's a big investment in downtown. And that's saying something that they're saying, you know, like, hey, we want to open down here. So they're going to open. It'll be about a year or so before mm -hmm. they open. They're going to totally remodel the space. But that's going to be amazing. Cool. What's yeah. the restaurant just to the left of the O'Reilly Theater? They changed the name. It used to be an Italian place. It looks like a jazzy Oh, yeah, Con Alma, which is one of the most exciting openings downtown. So Con Alma, um, small jazz club in Shadyside. It's, it's my favorite place to hear jazz in the city. It's amazing. That room is beautiful. Um, and they have a small kitchen in there that they went all vegetarian with for that menu because they opened up downtown in the old Peter Allen space. Right. And with this beautiful, beautiful, it's a beautiful space, great drinks, Fabulous. really wonderful menu. And, and, the, and the musicians and, are right there on yeah. top of you practically. And they're, they're yeah. live jazz. Go. They're starting to go later and later into the evening, too. So if you want to hear live jazz, 11 p.m. midnight on a, on a weekend, that's exciting. So it's cool. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's good to see all of this happening, especially after such, like, dire straits and dire feelings that we've had. And it feels good to feels good to go downtown right and see people oh, it, a concert. you know yeah. it was it was surreal and it would break your heart because in the cultural district there were periods where during the week especially in a work week you'd walk downtown and there was nobody in sight i mean it was mm -hmm. devastating it almost like a post-apocalyptic scene it, and there was no one on the parkway you know it was it was unbelievable yeah and i it, it feels like we're coming out of this hopefully there's no trailing uh, variant. I remember late in the fall, I was in Syracuse with a pit football team 
when we heard about Omicron. And I told the guys we were having dinner with, our team there, I said, Omicron, this thing's surging. And they're like, come on, man, you're just kidding. I mean, and then you saw what happened. We got hit like with a tsunami. But all of a sudden, it seems like it's come and gone. And people were so anxious to get back to their normal life. Yeah, I mean, everyone's happy to, it feels nice to go out, right? And I think that's, you know, for restaurants and bars, I think that's the challenge right now is there still is that lingering uncertainty because I think that happened, you know, a year ago when people started getting vaccinated and it was spring and then summer and everyone's like, this is great. And then Delta happened and people are like, oh gosh, all right, well, we can make it through this. And then people finally started to kind of get going again and then Omicron happened. So I, the, the sense I get, and I no, I mean, I'm not a scientist at all, so I don't know what's actually going to happen, but it, it feels a little bit good right now. Yeah. Um, well, certainly the statistics bear that out. Yeah. It, and yeah. you may not be a scientist, but we know you're an actor, so you could be one if you wanted to I be. I play one on TV. <laughs> Hal Klein, so great to meet you. A fascinating backstory of how you got to Pittsburgh and stayed here. We hooked you. You're a Yenzer now. Yeah, I'm here forever now. This is my, this is my place. Read all about it. Pittsburgh Magazine, Hal Klein, and Paul as a former anchor man with what's going on in the world with Russia, do you, do you feel like I'm you kind of glued to the TV? Yeah. I have to admit it. It kept me up last night. Do you miss it? I don't, I don't. I had a nice run and, uh, it's, it's a younger person's game. You know that Sheila. I would agree. Um, that's what the exorcist guy, the priest that Jimmy knew said. That always circles back somehow. Always. What are you doing? Are you doing anything? You got any shows? I've because been seeing a lot of events. Uh, my band just had a big show. We have another one coming up in June. Um, you hit on a topic for one of your future shows, concerts. This is going to be one of the biggest concert years ever. Everybody is hitting the road because, as Hal mentioned, they've been, they haven't worked in two years. I know, and they're anxious, and I can tell you, again, from being at the Journey Toto show, the audience was so engaged and so happy to be entertained, and it was real, true love and a two-way passion from the bands. Yeah. They got it. So, Hal, great to uh, finally meet you. I've read your stuff. Pick one restaurant to recommend to me to go in the city of Pittsburgh. Oh, that's impossible. I would say go to Pittsburgh Magazine's Best Restaurants list and pick I knew you were gonna the say ones that. that are on there. And, and I want to say, too, Hal, you really are very talented at what you do. I mean, there are a lot of food critics out there, but you're very, very wow, talented. Thank you. We can sense thank your, you. your yeah. true passion. He's good on it. a podcast, too. Mm -hmm. And Paul, we'll that's have you back exactly again. That's the training. Yeah, it's the voice training. <laughs> really great. You can tell just the way he holds the microphone. Uh, you know, right up to his I mouth. Ask, he knows we what have he's time. doing. I want to ask Hal a quick question. Uh, I live in Bloomfield. There's an exciting new restaurant there. Have you been to it, G's on Liberty? Yeah, I actually live right around there. We're neighbors, maybe. Uh, I also live in Bloomfield. Grania, what's her name? Grania Trainer, mm -hmm. who used to own Blue and the Oak Barrel. She knows how to run a restaurant. It's really cool. She's old I, Alexander's. I love the hospitality in that space. Yeah. I was there a couple weeks ago, and everyone seemed to be having a really wonderful time. And she was making the right. It's cool too. You know, it's. I think you know we talk about chefs, and this is another topic for another day but we don't talk about front of house people enough and she's someone she talks to everybody that runs a restaurant that she is, put a lot of money into that rounds. place it's beautiful it's it makes a big yeah. difference too, too, and there's to me it's one of the greatest joys in life is having dinner with family and friends so how keep up the great work nice to meet you yeah sam thanks for having me on pittsburgh magazine check them out paul martino look for him at a venue near you <laughs> and sheila you and i will be back with jimmy 
for our next episode. Yes, I'm so glad Jimmy will be back in town. Larry Richard, unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland. want to thank Dick Roberts, our producer, Jim Potolsky, who is an extraordinary audio engineer, and so much more. And Sheila, I'll Marcello. let Marcello. She just likes to say Marcello. I, I, thank you. Yeah. And again, thanks to Bob Bazzelli, Lou Caputo, 23rd and Vine on East Carson, here on the south side near the Birmingham Bridge. That's a wrap.